0: Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content following this week's edition of In Focus. Big changes to Indiana gun laws as lawmakers wrap up this year's legislative session, passing a bill that makes it legal for most Hoosiers to carry a gun without a permit. We'll hear from lawmakers on both sides, plus Congressman Andre Carson and one of his potential opponents on the crisis in Ukraine and the economic impact here at home. As we talk one-on-one with the Deputy Commerce Secretary. It's all ahead right now on this week's edition of In Focus. Thanks so much for joining us. State lawmakers wrapped up this year's session, passing a tax cut plan and also passing a controversial bill that would essentially get rid of the state's licensing system for gun permits. House reporter Kristen Eskow spoke with lawmakers on both sides about the potential impact.
1: After gathering for the final time this session, Indiana lawmakers have differing reviews on the past two months. Really
2: proud of the successful productive session we had.
3: Just unfortunately, a lot of divisive uh, social issues.
1: One of those issues came under debate during the final hours. Lawmakers passed a bill Tuesday night that would allow many Hoosiers age 18 and older to carry handguns without a permit. Many Republicans voted in favor of the measure.
2: That was a bill that uh, our caucus the last couple years has been very, very interested in and, and obviously passed it the last two and uh, certainly glad to see it get
4: across the finish line.
1: Democrats and other opponents have pointed to concerns raised by many law enforcement officials.
2: There's a thing called an election coming up in November and believe you me, we're gonna be the The people talking about supporting our law enforcement across the state.
1: Another big item on the agenda was a tax cut package, which passed the legislature with bipartisan support. Under the bill, Hoosiers could see the state income tax decline from 3.2% to 2.9% over a period of seven years. But it's dependent on state revenue growth and whether Indiana can pay off teacher pension debt.
0: I'm pretty confident, I think, um, uh, in particular over the next year or two. Our revenue forecast
1: is fantastic, and I trust that revenue forecast. Many Democrats voted in favor of the bill but argue it doesn't go far enough. They wanted a temporary suspension of the gas tax, but that wasn't included in the final bill.
2: Obviously it's been done in the past in in, in, uh, times of uh, a need, you know, with the gas prices really rising. I think it was a big big
0: missed opportunity.
1: Several bills passed this session are still waiting on the governor's signature. From the Indiana State House, I'm Kristen Eskow.
0: Kristen, thanks. In a statement on the permitless carry bill, the state's NRA director said the NRA is proud to have played a key role in getting this bill to the governor's desk, and we hope that he'll sign it. Moms Demand Action said our message to lawmakers beholden to the gun lobby in Indiana and across the country, no matter what tactics, tactics you use to silence us moms are not going away now in a statement attorney general Todd Rokita said the passage of constitutional carry is a quote big win for common sense in a release on that bill and the transgender sports bill he said quote we welcome the opportunity to defend these laws if challenged in court now again all of these bills now head to governor Holcomb's desk he issued a statement at the end of session saying I'm pleased our agenda items have passed and more importantly that taxpayers We'll feel the benefits of tax cuts, elimination and refunds. We'll get to work with the new tools we've obtained and I'll immediately turn my attention to the careful review of all remaining legislation soon to arrive on my desk. Meantime, Governor Holcomb was in Washington DC Wednesday meeting with the president and business leaders to discuss making America more competitive. A bipartisan bill called the Innovation and Competition Act would allocate more than $100 billion for technology investments. Senator Todd Young has been part of that legislation. Indiana's governor told the president, We need measures like this to step up our game.
2: It's been said that speed kills, and in this sense, slow speed kills. We know a little something about this in Indiana. We got the Indy 500, and we like to go fast.
0: Supporters say this bill would mean more factory jobs. And there's hope that American production would cut down on supply chain gaps and lead to lower consumer prices. I spoke with the Deputy Commerce Secretary about the bill and its potential impact on inflation and price hikes that we've been experiencing.
5: It's exactly what we need to continue to do. I was with both the governor and and the senator uh, last fall, uh, focused on uh, innovation in Indiana specifically. And it's something that uh, the American public cares a lot about. They don't care about the The anger and the rhetoric and all of that, they want us to actually accomplish something. And this is an area where we have an opportunity to invest in the U.S., to bring great jobs back to the United States, to own the future, if you will, and to bring down costs to the American uh, consumer at the same time. It's why we need to get this uh, bipartisan legislation uh, agreed to uh, with both uh, houses of Congress and to the president's desk.
0: We're seeing inflation though, at a forty year high, gas prices soaring in the midst of the crisis uh, in Ukraine. How long will we continue to be seeing these higher prices having an impact on our economy?
5: Well, I'll tell you that uh, that we we are uh, seeing the economy going gangbusters, uh, the type of job growth that we haven't seen in uh, really ever. Uh, but to your point, we're also dealing with the challenge of we were already dealing with some inflationary, pressures, but this war of choice by Vladimir Putin, uh, this unconscionable aggression, naked aggression against the Ukrainian people, uh, it, it really uh, blows the mind that uh, that he would engage in, in that type of activity. But the president is very focused, as you know, uh, in trying to find ways to bring down costs. We know that, uh, that uh, th- this past month that uh, energy prices were a third of the increased uh, cost of inflation Uh, and i expect that that we're going to continue to feel pressure as a result of this war of choice but we're working together with our allies and our partners making uh, uh, continued uh, commitments from the strategic petroleum reserve to bring down costs
0: all right this week we're also hearing from indiana senator todd young about the latest inflation numbers
3: price of rents is skyrocketing. Some people are being forced out of their homes. Trips to the local market cause great anxiety because of the sticker shocks. This is the everyday reality for these rank-and-file Hoosiers who are struggling to make it. And it doesn't have to be this way.
0: Senator Young, among those in Congress who voted this week to approve a new $1.5 trillion spending plan, which included billions of dollars in aid for Ukraine, Senator Mike Braun voted against that package. This week, we also caught up with Congressman Andre Carson, who returned to Indianapolis after voting for that aid package to mark the one-year anniversary of the American Rescue Plan. Here's what he told us about that aid for Ukraine.
3: I think it's a start. I voted for it. Um, But we can't just rely on the United States. I think think the global community has a responsibility to uh, uh, do their share. I know Ukraine has been pushing heavily. To become a part of nato and you know being a part of nato is a process that takes several years but i think we've done our part my hope is that our allies in this fight will do their part
0: now this week we also spoke with one of carson's potential opponents this year angela grabovsky who happens to be a native of ukraine
6: we're talking to our friends and family we're getting some pictures uh, it, it, the situation is terrifying we didn't think until probably the end two weeks ago on Thursday in the evening. It was around 11 o'clock here when uh, Putin announced that uh, they're going to invade Ukraine. We, nobody believed in it, but we are where we are two weeks later. Uh, I'm glad that the bill to help Ukraine passed the House. Yeah. And uh, going to the Senate and hopefully is going to be signed into the law. Do
0: you think more needs to be done in terms of whether it's military support or other other action uh, in Ukraine? So they approved
6: 13.6 billion dollars to help. And again, from my perspective, all that people of Ukraine need right now is humanitarian help. So we are helping military. uh, We are helping sending arms in there and they're going to fight. We need it help people of Ukraine with all of the resources we can possibly spare for them, but we also need to take a look at what's happening in the United States. So all of these sanctions and all of our actions are causing a lot of problems with our economy.
0: Okay, coming up next on this week's edition of In Focus, former VP and former Indiana Governor Mike Pence visiting the Poland-Ukraine border this week also had some interesting words in recent days about Republicans who might embrace Putin. Plus, the session's over, but some lawmakers want to return to the statehouse if and when the Supreme Court makes a ruling on abortion. Our panel is standing by on Zoom and here in studio to talk about it all when we come back. Vice President Kamala Harris was in Poland this week. She met with top officials and refugees as part of a diplomacy trip focusing on the growing humanitarian crisis fueled by Russia's invasion of Ukraine and former vice president and former Indiana governor Mike Pence also paid a visit to Poland. He and his wife joining a group called Samaritan's Purse to meet with refugees at the Ukrainian border. He called the impacts of the war heartbreaking and encouraged everyone to send support overseas to Ukraine. All right, let's bring in our panel right now. With us today on Zoom, former State Party Chair for the Indiana Democrats, Robin Winston, 2016 Vice Chair for the Indiana Trump campaign, Tony Samuel, and here in studio, former GOP lawmaker, Mike Murphy, and former Communications Director for the Indiana Democrats, Jennifer Wagner-Chartier. Jennifer, I'll start with you, the VP and the the former VP there along the Ukraine border this week, where we continue to see a, a very real human cost to this war. At the same time, Congress this week approving billions in aid for Ukraine.
7: I think we're seeing a rare bipartisan moment. It's always a shame that it takes an international tragedy to bring both parties together and to, you know, have them do the right thing on the aid package. Um, I do think, though, uh, former Vice President Pence finds himself in an interesting situation where his former boss, Donald Trump, is saying some things or was saying some things about Russia that don't necessarily coincide with how the former Vice President is talking about this situation. So it'll be interesting to see what that means for his future aspirations
0: mike let's talk about the former vp he did have some very pointed words at a gop fundraiser last weekend saying quote there's no room in this party for putin apologists talking perhaps to some members of congress perhaps even a veiled critique there of former president trump
4: well i think that mike pence has had maybe the best week of his recent political career Um, not only was he standing up to the the former president uh in, in in the in the speech but he also has come to the Polish border, the Polish-Ukrainian border. The only Republican that I know of to visit the Polish-Ukrainian border, and I think he's 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 uh, he's got some new confidence that character and principles really matter, and he's defending liberty not only in the United States, defending the uh, Republic, but also defending liberty in Eastern Europe as
0: well. They all so, go together. Yeah, let's let's turn to uh, to Tony here next. Tony, uh, your response to what? to what Mike said there and to what the vice president had to say about uh, there being no room in the party for uh, for Putin apologists, as he put it.
2: Well, I think very highly of, of uh, former vice president, Mike Pence, um, but I do think he's running for president and that's fine, I, I think he should uh, if, if he so desires. Uh, and so I think some of his comments that you know we've heard and recently and, and probably going forward are going to be to separate himself from the leader of the pack of the Republican uh, potential candidates in 2024. Um, but the, to, to dissect the, those comments and the reasons for them a little bit, President, nobody, but, nobody did more to sanction Russia or China uh, or to stop the unfair uh, trade practices of those countries than President Trump. President Trump wanted to block Nord Stream 2, the gas pipeline from Russia to Germany. Uh, he, he did all kinds of things in actions, and again, I always go back to Look at the actions not the words but he also knew uh you know the old adage, adage to keep your friends close but your enemies closer so he was playing a psychological okay. game with well, those leaders a lot of and, people don't get that and but of that's course the way that it
0: was of course there was there was the the phone call too with with ukraine that led to the former president's uh impeach, first impeachment as well i want to get robin's reaction to, to to that to what tony said there and also to some of the criticism that the Biden administration has faced when it comes to energy policy as people continue to feel the impact of inflation and and these rising gas prices?
3: Well, first off, let's talk about why Donald Trump got impeached. He got impeached because he wanted the president of Ukraine that we all become very knowledgeable of to give him inside information about Joe Biden to to hurt Joe Biden. The second thing that we need to remember is that he was using that as a leverage of whether or not they'd have armaments over there think about if they'd had those armaments today and third let's remember that this is the guy that was talking about nato had no purpose imagine how we'd be today if nato was not involved in this as a bulwark against soviet aggression as it relates to energy uh the president is making a, a very determined effort to cripple the soviet i mean sorry, the russian economy and he's doing a very good job of it just today Taking away their most favored trade status. So he's continuing to ratchet up the economic things. Yes, it will have an impact, but unlike other presidents, he's telling the American people the truth and saying it will have an impact over here.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's change gears now uh, to the State House and to the Supreme Court as well. As the session wrapped up, GOP lawmakers were asking the governor to potentially call a special session if and when the Supreme Court makes a ruling on abortion House Speaker Todd Houston said we stand ready to act if the nation's highest court either partially or wholly overturns Roe v. Wade, which would empower states to enact laws that he said would better protect the sanctity of life. In response, state Senators Gene Bro and Shelley Yoder said this would be completely reckless. Women won't stop having abortions. They'll just lose access to safe ones. This special session, she says, would only put women in direct danger. And Jennifer, this conversation uh, may may no longer be hypothetical soon.
7: It may not, um, but I have to agree with Senator Breaux and Senator Yoder that, uh, you know, whatever happens at the Supreme Court or at the State House, it's just going to be harder for women to have access uh, to abortion and to control their bodies. Um, If we're going to call a special session for something, is this really the thing that that largely male state Republican lawmakers want to make? We have so many more issues facing our state right now, and I just find it ironic that this is the one that they'd be willing to summon everybody back, pay for a special session when we have so many other things that we should be focused on.
0: Mike your response to that and also your thoughts on the session overall that wrapped up this past week.
4: Well I don't I don't want to try to get into any woman's head or motivation or her her, her soul so to speak but I can tell you that in my opinion um, as a I am a male obviously I believe that any time you lose a life intentionally in whether it's indiana or across america it's a bad thing if it takes a special session to save a few lives
0: i'd be all for it obviously this is going to be a very dynamic debate in the the world of politics here over the next uh, few months robin what about this uh permitless carry bill do you think the governor will sign it and what will that mean here in the hoosier state
3: oh i think the governor will sign it Um, his state police commissioner is not in favor of it he's already said that it was political and they put the interest of politics first isn't it ironic Dan that you had to have an ID and to to vote but that a state trooper walking up to a car outside of the Lydic is not aware of whether that person has a weapon or not That's wrong and we that bill should be vetoed but I think the governor okay. will sign it
0: Tony quickly your response to that and what else stood out to you uh, this your session?
3: oh I'm not sure sir not so sure
2: that he'll sign it but um, you know we'll see. Uh, it is a contentious issue and will continue to be. Um, a lot a lot happened, a lot of good things and and everybody kind of got a win here and there, the different sides, uh, including the governor's office. Uh, one thing that stood out for me um, and something I've personally been involved in is, is uh, we passed a film and production media tax credit. So we're gonna be able right. to bring more movies and television and music production here to Indiana. I wanna uh, thank State yeah. Representative Bob Morris from Fort Wayne uh, who led the charge on that in the legislature. A lot of other folks, yeah, Angelo Piso and others were who were who involved. Something but, uh, we
0: focused here on the news a- a- as well uh, that you worked on there behind the scenes. Tony, thank you so much. Thanks to our panel. They're going to be back here coming up in just a few minutes. Up next, we talk with a former state lawmaker who's running for Congress, and we'll have the latest on the debate in Congress to make daylight saving time year-round. That time of year again, our clocks moving ahead an hour this weekend for daylight saving time. But this week, Congress is also investigating whether it's really necessary to keep doing this year after year and losing that hour of sleep. A recent poll found more than 70% of Americans want to get rid of daylight saving time. This past week, lawmakers debated whether we should move to DST year-round, which would certainly be complicated, no doubt. Of course, Indiana just moved to daylight saving time. Back in 2006, complicated in terms of getting all the states on board and doing everything that would have to happen. Well, a former state lawmaker is running for Congress in the 9th district. And recently, Erin Houchin sat down with your local election headquarters for a one-on-one interview to talk about her bid to replace current Congressman Trey Hollingsworth, who she ran against in the 2016 primary. This time around, there are even more candidates in that GOP primary.
8: So in 2016, it was a crowded field. I think um, having been through that, it made me a better legislator. I think it will make me a better member of Congress. Um, It is a slightly different district, but I think right now, more than ever, we need a conservative fighter pushing back against the administration and the policies of the far left. It's what I hear when I travel the district. Uh, People care about border security. They care about inflation. They care about supporting our police. They care about the federal government, the state government, uh, keeping mandates at bay, and uh, supporting personal freedom. And that's that's the kind of candidate that I am.
0: This is a very divided time, obviously, in our country. We, we did see some moments of, of unity during the State of the Union Address as the president, and, and the entire Western world really navigates this situation in Ukraine. If you were in Congress right now, uh, what steps would you be calling for in, in the midst of this uh, international crisis?
8: You know, it's a international and humanitarian tragedy in Ukraine. I think we certainly could have done more leading up to this to prevent and try to prevent Russia's aggression. It was no surprise when he took that step. We've long known that Putin is a tyrannical thug intent on restoring the former and failed Soviet Union. Um, I think a few missteps that were made along the way, probably chief among them was closing the Keystone Pipeline and uh, stopping oil and gas leases right here in the United States uh, that now we're spending 75 million dollars a day sending that to Russia for their oil and gas leases that emboldens that um, uh, that tyrannical, Leader into having resources to take aggressive actions against Ukraine. I think we need to stand strong with the Ukrainians and uh, the rest of the international community. It's heartening to see that. It's bipartisan. Um, we saw that at the State of the Union. It was a very bipartisan um, support for approaches to Ukraine. I just think that we could have done more and should have to prevent this from happening.
0: Congressional candidate Aaron Houchin, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, stick around. The panel is back with this week's Winners and Losers next. Alright, welcome back. Time to wrap things up with this week's winners and losers. Tony, I'll start with you.
2: My winner for the week is State Representative Bob Morris from Fort Wayne, who was the driving force behind the film and media production tax credit that we got done this year in the legislature. Also, other uh, winners include State Senator Justin Bush, uh, Chairman Ryan Mishler, and Chairman Tim Brown,
3: all who, who made it possible to get this done. Robin. Oh, I'd say the reporters on the ground in Ukraine and the techies that are figuring out every way to befuddle the Soviet misinformation machine. I'd also like to say the teachers and the public educators who stood tall during this session for the right things. Mike?
4: The winner has to be uh, Mike Pence, who once again has defended the republic at home and liberty in the Ukraine. And the loser has to be Congressman Madison Cawthorn, who not only got arrested for the second or third time for driving without a license, but also called Zelensky a thug.
0: Mm. Jennifer.
7: Yeah, Governor Holcomb uh, is either gonna be a winner or a loser depending on who you ask on the constitutional carry bill, whether he signs it, vetoes it, or lets it go into law without his signature.
0: All right, thank you to our panel. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you again next week on In Focus.